0: I'd like to welcome you to Rad Real Estate. Each episode, you'll join me while I do a deep dive into various topics related to selling and buying real estate. I'll talk about the state of the market, how to negotiate a contract, getting a home ready to sell, what to look for when buying, how to buy with a builder and what to expect, what's in the economic news, market trends, and how it all relates to real estate. I'm your host. Richard Dombrowski, and this is Rad Real Estate. Well, thank you for tuning in once again to Rad Real Estate. The last time we talked about getting your home staged or doing that staging yourself and making sure you have the optimum curb appeal for your home so that when people drive up in front of your home, they are impressed and it draws them in and they want to see what great things you've done inside your home Uh, now we're going to talk about what happens next you know if you're getting your home ready you likely have already selected a real estate agent to list your home or you've decided to list the home on your own if it's the latter um, that's great we'll talk about all of those details in another episode but for the purposes of this episode We are going to assume that you're using a real estate agent, or you are a real estate agent, and that's why you're tuning in. It's important that you have a real estate agent that is very instrumental in getting your home ready. You want someone that has played a part in helping you get it staged, helping you get that curb appeal exactly where you need it, so that when they schedule to have photos taken, everything is pristine. And gone are the days that you can just take the photos yourself and put those in the MLS. Gone are the days that the real estate agent can take the photos themselves and put it in the MLS. Now, I realize that our phones take awesome pictures right now. They really do. But you want to have someone that can that can take these photos. They do it for a living. Um, as an example, several of the companies that I use – they take multiple pictures at multiple exposures from the same angles throughout the home, and then their software weaves together each picture uh, from the same angle and takes the best parts of it. So what you end up with is a really excellent picture. Let me give you an example of when that hasn't happened in the past for me. You have photographer come out, they set up their camera, they take pictures. They use one exposure, they go from room to room, taking different angles within the room. So maybe from each of the four corners of the room, and then you get to decide which is the best picture. Realistically, the best pictures should be those that are taken from like a doorway into the room. You could see the windows, and then you, if there's good scenery outside, trees, bushes, what have you, outside then you get that beautiful green contrast in the window if it's taken at one exposure then one of the parts of the picture is going to be wrong either the inside of the room or the outside of the home so either the exposure will make the exterior wash out which you'll just get this like white color in the window or the inside of the home will be extremely dark And you don't want either of those things. So if you use a a photography company, they can come out and make sure that that doesn't happen, that you get a really good picture. Anyway, so that's important that you get that done professionally. You also want to have photos taken of the amenities within the community so that people can see the tennis courts and walking trails and the resort-style pool and the lab pool and the gym and so forth. So you want to make sure that, that those pictures are in the listing as well. The description is also extremely important. And I view this always as I'm walking a prospective buyer through the whole process from driving into the community, driving up the driveway, up, walking up to the front door, what they see when they walk in the front door, where things are. Off to the right, you'll find X, Y, and Z. Off to the left is this and that. You want to make sure that it's that it's descriptive and and that somebody's using good adjectives in that process. That's really important. It's got to be a bit flowery, not too. Um, and that's my my way of thinking. There are other schools of thought that would make it very flashy, very. Very uh, using many, many more adjectives than I would ever think of. Um, I just think a long description is okay as long as it's not just filler. So keep that in mind. Once those things are done, then you're ready to list your home in the MLS. And it's port- important that it goes into the MLS. Using these. Um, these for sale by owner sites really don't do it justice in getting the word out about your home. And the way that I always view this is that you want to cast out the broadest net possible over the buying public. And if you're using as an example, a Zillow website, well that doesn't get syndicated anywhere. The only place that people will find that is on Zillow. And so that limits your buying pool to the people that know that Zillow has a for sale by owner option. Those buyers are using Zillow as a search tool. So anybody that's not would not see your listing, which is really a bad, bad thing for you. So if you have it listed on Thursday, then you if you have serious buyers that are the ones that are sitting there waiting for a home like yours to come on the market... They're going to want to see it quickly. So that means that your first viewers of the home in person are going to be your best buyers. Um, when when we put a listing into the MLS, by the way, it automatically syndicates out to Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia, although I think Trulia is more or less a thing of the past. But what you want is an agent that is syndicating that listing out to other websites. As an example, when I put a listing into the MLS, I submit it and it goes out to 927 other websites other than Realtor.com, Zillow, and Trulia. Because again, I want to cast the broadest net. So now in the listing, you want to make sure that there's all kinds of information that's available to the buying public and to the realtors out there. You wanna make sure that your description says that the chandelier in the dining room does not convey. That shouldn't be a surprise to somebody down the road. Uh, Now, how about paperwork? Once the home's in in the MLS, what else can you do? Well, you can add, as a realtor, we can add documents To the MLS that other agents can see, so the consumer can't see those, but the agents can. And those would be, um, well, you you wouldn't upload a contract unless you wanted a very specific contract used that was already populated with information. Uh, We'll talk about the contract in a bit, Um, and, and that's with regard to an offer, but there are various disclosures that you're going to want to have included in the upload into the system. Um, Let me give you some examples. Chinese drywall. During the drywall shortage, there were many companies, many builders that ended up going to resources that sourced the material from China. And China doesn't have as stringent uh, laws as we do here in the U.S. So there were chemicals that were used in the production that negatively impacted all of the parts of the home. The the electrical parts like the, the copper wiring, the AC system, lighting, all those things were negatively impacted. Not to mention the fact that it had a terrible smell. So um, that was one of the disclosures. So if you have a home that's been sitting around a long time and vacant and it had dry, a Chinese drywall, you want to notify somebody of that. CDDs, um, a CDD disclosure. Uh, for those of you that don't know, in Florida, a CDD stands for Community Development District. And basically what that is is a taxing district. It's a special taxing district that's set up that, is uh, helps the developer offset costs in building the the community the law was established in 1980 it's it's florida's uniform community development district act of 1980 and basically what it allowed the developers to do is to offset their construction and development costs in putting in the infrastructure in putting in the landscaping uh, the roads, and and so forth. It also established a special district that controlled funds that were on the tax bill, or that are on the tax bill, that are non-ad valorem taxes that are used to pay back the bond, for one. That's one part. And the other part is to handle the operating and maintenance of the things that were installed in the community. So uh, the very first CDD in the country was here in Tampa, in Tampa Palms. Moving on, another disclosure that we want is a seller's property disclosure. What is it for? Well, it's for the owner, you the owner, to tell everything about the home. What about the structures, the systems, the appliances? Are they all in working order? Is everything good? If not, you should disclose that it's not. It could just come back to haunt you if you don't give all the information. How about uh, termites or WDO, wood destroying organisms? Has there been any damage because of them? Have there been any repairs because of them in the past? You want to let people know about that. What about water intrusion? Has that Uh, at past or uh, presently, is that affecting the property? Uh, Are there any drainage or flooding issues? Flood, is it in a flood zone? Um, You know, you want to make sure that people know what the flood zones are and if the home is in a flood zone, if it requires flood insurance or not. Is it in the coastal construction control line? Uh, Let me explain what that is. It's special siting and design criteria for that area that's close to the, the coast. So there's special building codes that exist for those areas because they're more exposed to wind and potentially water damage. That storm surge that we saw just recently with Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Andrew many, many years ago and the multitudes of hurricanes since then, Um, there's more stringent standards that exist for building homes in those areas. And what's the location of the coastal construction control line? Well, that is within a certain distance to the coast, um, up around Pensacola, Panama City Beach, Destin, and then there's a break in it, and then it starts back up around the Tarpon Springs area, just a bit north of that, all the way around the bottom of the state and back up again on the east coast up to north of Pensacola at the state line. So that's our coastal construction control line. So you need to be aware of that. Does the home sit within it um, and what is required when it is? Other items that you want to note on that uh, seller's property disclosure are were there any plumbing issues? How about pools and hot tubs? Did they do they work fine or, or is all the equipment owned and all of that and then how about sinkholes have there been any pre- past or present settling issues has uh, an insurance claim been filed um, about a, a sinkhole or a settling issue that's really important to know because your ability to get insured is going to be affected by that information um, the next thing is is there is there a deed or Homeowners Association? What are the restrictions, boundaries, access roads? Is there an HOA, a Homeowners Association? Are there proposed changes to any of the rules and regulations? Because some people might decide because there are changes that are going to occur that they're saying, well, I'm going to get the heck out of Dodge. I'm going to sell my house, and I'm just not going to say anything about it. And that way, it'll become somebody else's problem. Well, you can't do that. If there are proposed changes, you need to let a potential buyer know about that. Are there resale or leasing restrictions? When I sold my house in a community uh, in Pasco County, north of Tampa, we had to let buyers know that they were responsible for paying a half a percent of the purchase price in a, in quotes, community enhancement fee, end quote. And that really was uh, could be a hindrance if I was competing with uh, somebody selling their home in a, another community close by that had all of my same features. I mean, a half a percent can add up to quite a bit of money. Um, is there mandatory membership in the Homeowners Association? Why someone would pay a membership fee in a non-mandatory Homeowners Association association is beyond me, but there are those that exist. Those communities tend to be a little more run down, as one would imagine, than communities that require a mandatory membership. Are there any shared driveways, roads, fences, things that would affect the property that way? And then are there any encroachments? Does somebody else's property line or does somebody else's uh, uh, road Come on to your property. Do they have a sidewalk that encroaches? Is there a fence on on your property? Um, are there any boundary disputes? Are you arguing that in court right now with a with a uh, neighbor? You got to let people know about that. Then there's an environmental section on that seller's property disclosure that talks about things like was the home built before 1978? If so, then there's a mandatory requirement that you include a, another disclosure that, that talks about lead-based paint. So it wasn't until 1978 that lead-based paints couldn't be used anymore. They had to make paints without it. What about other hazards, asbestos? Is there asbestos on the, on the site or was it used in materials in building the home that you're aware of? Was there mold? Is there mold? How about formaldehyde radon gas now these are things that you would disclose if you know about them how about methamphetamine crazy enough if that was if if there was a meth lab in the home at some point in time which florida can be known to have had that situation uh, you want to let somebody know that otherwise it could be a very very dangerous hazard for them how about fuel, propane, chemical storage on the site or in the home? And and if there's not any now, was any cleanup done that got rid of all that stuff? So those are all important inf- uh, pieces of information to have. Are there governmental issues? Um, like, d- does your home not conform with the zoning requirements? Did you put up a large shed or an addition or a guest house that wasn't permitted? Are there conflicts with uh, the intended use of the property? Like are you operating a business out of a residential home? So all those need to be disclosed on the seller's property disclosure so a would-be buyer would be coming into this situation with their eyes wide open. So then we talk about a a homeowner's association in that seller's property disclosure, but there's actually a homeowner's association disclosure that um, talks about the fees, the actual fees that you would incur for living in that community as a member of the homeowner's association. There are architectural rules. You're going to want to get your hands on all of that information you know, can you paint the home? What color can you paint it? Can you put an addition on? What about landscape? Can it, can you change those things? Are there required maintenance standards? Do you have to keep your grass cut to a certain height? Maintenance of common grounds, who takes care of that? That will be outlined in those documents. Maintenance of individual homes within a community. Now, this isn't on the disclosure, by the way. This is; These are things that um, a homeowner a, a realtor should get for you the documents that incorporated the Homeowners Association and that detail their architectural guidelines. What, what about main, maintenance of individual homes within a community? I mean, you have many communities like um, 55 plus communities where all of the maintenance is taken care of. You do have some non-55 plus communities that do that as well, but you need to know that. What are you paying for? Also, what about amenities? Is there a clubhouse? What about a gym, pool, parks, basketball, volleyball, tennis, pickleball, restaurant, walking trail? The, the list goes on and on and on as many of these communities try to get um, established as unique as it relates to other communities. So what are those fees? That's what goes on that Homeowners Association disclosure. And then we already talked about lead-based paint disclosure. That would be a specific disclosure. Um, do you want to include an appraisal contingency? If uh, if somebody submits an offer to you and it has an appraisal contingency, it is exactly that. It means that their purchase price that they're offering to you uh, that they will ultimately pay is contingent upon an appraisal. So if they offer $500,000 for your home, it appraises at four hundred ninety. dollars $1,000. Well, who's going to pay that difference? Is the Are you as a seller going to lower your price or are you going to ask that the buyer pay that? It's easy to ask that the buyer pay that, but in this market now shifting, most buyers don't want to do that. So then you want to include a condominium disclosure if it's a condo. You want to, um, if it's a 55 plus community, there's a housing for older persons disclosure. That lets everybody know it's a community that is for 55 plus. So having said all that, now you have your offer contract. And there's basically, basically two different types. There's an as-is offer which consists of letting the buyer know that you wanna sell your house in its current condition. That doesn't mean that because the buyer signs an offer that says they're purchasing as is, that they're just going to take it no matter what may be wrong with the home. Within as is contract, the buyer has the right to inspect the home within a prescribed period of time in the contract, and within that time, they can do their inspection. And then if there are items that come back in that inspection that need repair, they can come back to you and say, hey, look, I want these things taken care of or I'm just going to cancel my contract. They have that right and ability. Whereas the standard contract builds in certain limits for repairs. And those would be repairs uh, as it relates to the general inspection, the WDO or Wood Destroying Organism Inspection, any open permits. So those are three different categories that you would build in amounts to get things taken care of. And that way, the buyer doesn't have the ability to bail on the contract if the repair limits come in under, if the repair amounts come in under the the limits. If they come in over, then as a seller, you could say, nope, I'm not paying those. and And the buyer can say, well, I'm not paying them either and then you can agree to part ways, and that's okay. There are major components in both of the contracts, like the price, right? If you're getting an offer, what's that purchase price? How much is the deposit amount? That's important because it shows how earnest the buyer is in their endeavor to purchase your home. What type of financing are they doing? Is it VA, FHA, uh, conventional? Are they paying cash? What is the closing date? Is it 30 days, 45 days, 60 days? Do you want a specific closing date? What about a time for a response? You know, many times what we'll do is we'll, when we submit an offer, we'll say we want to answer by the end of the day tomorrow or we'll give a couple of days or or what have you. But you, there will always be a time for response in there within which you have to respond. And if you don't, then it's deemed that you don't, care about the offer. You also want to ensure that everybody knows when the offer is submitted what's included in the home, right? So are the appliances included? What about the play set in the yard, um, the water treatment for the well system, um, furniture that is being left behind, and anything else? Now we talk about fixtures being included and there are parts of the contract that talk specifically about the washer dryer, the refrigerator, the range, the cooktop, the, the dishwasher, garbage disposal. Those things are automatically included. And then any fixtures like um, window treatments and things like that. So if someone had, if you as a seller really were, wanting to hang on to your window treatments, you could do that, but you just have to notify a prospective buyer that you're keeping those things or that you're leaving things. Like I said, some people say, gosh, my kids out, outgrew that playset and we don't want to have to tear it down and bring it with us. So we're going to leave it behind. Now the buyer can decide, well, I don't want it either. So you got to take that with you. And then that's a negotiation point of the contract, but. Those are things that you want to make sure that they're all outlined and there are no gray areas in your contract when you go to closing. I had a situation in the past where it said right on the front page that the washer and dryer will convey at closing. Well, the movers for the seller, my client, they put the washer and dryer right on the truck and they brought it over to the East Coast of Florida. So when the buyers did their walkthrough, and the washer and dryer were gone, it became a negotiation process to say, okay, we can't bring back the washer and dryer, so what are we going to do? We ended up giving a credit, or the seller did, to appease the buyers and give them enough to go buy themselves a new washer and dryer or a used one or what have you. So those are the major components of the contract and what we talk about in getting your home listed selling your home we're going to talk in much more detail about about contracts and the negotiation process in future episodes but i want to thank you so much for tuning in today as we went through part b of selling your home so thanks for tuning in to rad real estate and we will see you next time This has been a Rad Real Estate Podcast in cooperation with Bay Realty of Florida, LLC, a Florida-based real estate company. Episodes are written, directed, and edited by Richard Dombrowski. The views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests of the show and should not be used to make financial decisions or in buying or selling real estate. To find out more information, contact the host directly at bayrealtyofflorida at gmail.com. The theme song is Action by Cube Sounds and can be found on PixBay.